0: If I told you I had a story needing to be heard, would you tell it? Better yet, if you knew your story could help someone else, would you share it? Today my guest is Elizabeth Wesson, and she is going to share with us the passing of not one child, but two, and where it had actually put her today, which has helped and is serving currently a lot of mothers and fathers who have lost, their children have passed away. Hi, I'm Christine Hotchkiss and I believe every story is unique just like our fingerprint that puts us on the path of our journey. Some call it purpose. Each story can help, heal, inspire, and of course, my one word, give hope. Welcome, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. You do so much in the community. I met you several years ago um, through the organization because you're the president of a nonprofit organization called Helping Parents Heal. Um, yes. And the backstory and how I met you was that you have two children that passed. Chelsea in 1991 passed away at two days old and then the story that I know the most is uh, Morgan in 2009 he passed away at the base camp at Mount Everest in Tibet
1: yes he did yes so so I I actually um when Chelsea passed it was in France and she was two days old um and at that time it allowed me to have one foot here and one foot on the other side and when Morgan passed um, I had already spent a lot of time in this position of being a mom of an angel and so I knew a lot already but um, if you'd like I can tell you a little bit about that story. Please do, please do go ahead. Well it was it was uh, an exchange for Program that Morgan had been on in Nanjing, he was going to Nanjing Normal University, and he and thirteen other students uh, flew to Lhasa, and when they got to Lhasa, they took a bus the next day up to the base camp of Mount Everest. Lhasa is at eleven thousand feet; the base camp of Mount Everest is at nineteen thousand feet, and all of the kids were very sick going up the mountain. They were throwing up. They were dizzy, um, and actually even urinating on themselves in the bus, which are all really telltale signs of altitude sickness. But no one understood what was happening, and they had a Chinese tour guide with them who was pushing them up the mountain as quickly as possible to get there before the sun was setting. And um, none of these kids understood. They were supposed to have gone with two university professors, and they ended up not going. So um, so they finally got up to the base camp. Morgan had a terrible migraine, migraine, which is also a telltale sign of altitude sickness. And he went to bed early. Um, he was tossing and turning during the night, and he was waking up and wandering around the yurt, which is a big tent where all the kids were sleeping, calling people by the wrong name. This is also another telltale sign of altitude sickness. But um, but nobody understood. And so the next morning at 9 o'clock in the morning, um, they weren't able to wake him up, and he was um, he was foaming at the mouth. And so they didn't know what to do. One of the kids called his mom, who is a doctor, and asked what they should do. And she said, get him down in altitude as quickly as possible. So my son, who's 280 pounds, six foot six, these kids had to load him onto the bus. That's so a big kid. Them, he's, he's a big kid, yeah. How, um, how, old, how, how old was he, Elizabeth? He was almost 21. He was so excited about almost turning 21. So um, a a month later, he would have turned 21. Okay. Okay. Proceed. So they brought him down. So they got him onto the bus, and they were on the way down the mountain when the director of the program called me and said that um, they were having trouble with Morgan. They were evacuating him down to Lhasa. And did I want the cell phone number of one of his roommates? And I, of course, wanted the cell phone number. And I immediately called him. And his roommate said, "Miss Boisson, it doesn't look good. He has stopped breathing. He had stopped breathing by that time. They had taken him out of the bus, and they were trying to do CPR on him in this Tibetan countryside. None of the kids really knew how to do CPR. Um, So I told him as soon as he told me that, please put the phone up to his ear. And when he did, I told him that we loved him, that we were proud of him and not to be afraid. And when I did that, I felt him hug me. And of course he he was a half a world away, but I felt it as clearly as day that he was hugging me. And I knew in an instant that love never dies. And that our kids will always be with us.
0: Absolutely agree with you. That's the one thing we we share is the past the uh, passing of our children, and and even in today. Well, over the weekend, I had some stuff that reminded me of Nicole, and I knew, without a doubt, my daughter was was right there with me, and she did it again this morning, and I have some great projects I'm working on, and I'm just like, I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing, and then, of course, she reminds me, yes, you are, keep going, Mom, keep going. So I'm sure Morgan does the same thing.
1: (laughs) They are our biggest cheerleaders, and not only that, but I know that Nicole and Morgan and Chelsea, my daughter, are all together. And that they're having a blast. And especially when we're together, they're together as well.
0: Absolutely agree with you. So um, I'm going to say that he, that Morgan passed away over there, um, and then you had to bring him back here.
1: Yes, and actually it's kind of complicated. So my husband... Um, had to get a Tibetan visa, even though he already had a Chinese visa, um, which takes time. So his two roommates, Morgan's two roommates, stayed in Tibet with Morgan in Lhasa until my husband was able to get there four days later. Oh, wow. And that was that was truly difficult because they were suffering from altitude, as, altitude sickness as well. But um, they wanted to be there with Morgan, which was wonderful. So...
0: Remind me again, was this a program that was through the schools here in the U.S., that he was able to have that opportunity? Yeah,
1: it was through the University of Arizona, and um, they had a, an exchange program that Morgan had been on um, two years before when he was a sophomore in college. He had gone. He loved it there. He fell in love with China, oh. and he wanted to go back. And... Just as an aside, I think it's kind of important to know that as we were packing the second time, the day before he left, he told me, Mom, I don't think I'll be coming back from China this time. Really? And I said, Morgan, you don't even need to go. You don't need any more credits. Why would you even worry about going? And he said, no, Mom, it's going to be fine. But I've heard through Helping Parents Heal, through our organization, that it's very frequent that kids know when their time is going to be coming and so that gave me peace after to know that he already knew this and that it was something that I couldn't have done anything to stop because it was already in motion.
0: You know I want to mention because that's the first time I've actually heard you say that in the years that I've known you I have to agree with you on our children knowing or when we know it's time for us to go because the. Just before our trip, Nicole called people that she would never have called. She dropped off, she dropped at people's houses. She would have never just dropped by to tell them that she loved them, she hoped they had a great year, and the, you know, it goes on and on. And I thought nothing of it. I thought it was weird, but I thought nothing of it. And, and like you just said, there was a peace into it. And so I think that's what helps me know. I know that's what helps me is, she didn't know it, but, Our higher power knew that it was their time and that there was that closure, however we want to call it, closure or a peace that everyone would have with the last time that they saw Morgan or Nicole or anyone else whose loved one has passed away. And it does feel really good, too.
1: Well, when you said that, I got chills because it is, it's true that I'm sure that she was just letting everybody know that she loved them because she knew. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've heard this from parents who have kids who are six years old uh, who tell them that um, they don't want their parents to be sad when they're no longer there. And it's, it's fascinating to me because... It allows all of us to heal it it allows us to know that this is the way that things are supposed to be and that we couldn't have done anything so no matter uh, if you had gotten in that truck or not it would have still happened as a matter of fact I've heard through a medium since that uh, Morgan told us almost immediately when we went to see somebody two days later he said through her that if it hadn't happened at the base camp of Mount Everest, it would have happened on the I-10 coming back from Tucson. Um, so he, I know he was trying to tell me, please don't worry about this. This was all part of a bigger plan, which I truly believe.
0: I am a firm believer of that too. Um, I mean, you can't explain it. You just kind of, and it's hard when you first um, have the passing of a loved one because we want to know the answers, we want to be prepared, and after the fact, like we've both shared, they were given to us. We just didn't see them that way, which makes it easier and, and more peaceful within our hearts and how we live our lives. And, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing as I've always heard. I don't know how you do it. How, how, I couldn't do it if I lost my child. Well, it is our life. It is something you learn to do. It does take time, but through your organization and what I do, whether it's here on Stories of Hope or through my nonprofit, I know I'm paying it forward by helping someone else that was, it's going to happen. You know, uh, there are two things that I say to everyone. No one is exempt from blessings and no one's exempt from, from, from pain. And it's a matter of what we do with both of them, right? Um,
1: exactly. And I think that you, you understand that by helping others, we're helping ourselves.
0: Absolutely. And so
1: being able to reach a hand back and find someone and pull them forward allows us to heal as well. And that's exactly what you're doing. And I yeah. feel that it, with helping parents heal with all of our affiliate leaders, with our caring listeners, it allows all of these parents who have gone a little bit further on in their journey to be able to um, reach back and pull someone forward.
0: Now I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk more about being the president of Helping Parents Heal so that our listeners should there be anyone that's out there that needs to find your organization to help them through a recent passing or they've met someone who has the same journey of a passing, um, please share with our listeners what Helping Parents Heal is and where they can be maybe a part of it.
1: I would love to. Um, I certainly never want anybody to be a part of our group because that's definitely one of the hardest things that you can ever go through in your life. But at the same time, um, our group is different from other bereave, bereavement groups because of the fact that we truly believe that it's possible to heal from the passing of a child. And our group is completely non-dogmatic. And um, anybody from any religious background or non-religious background can join us. But basically, the difference that we have is that we truly believe that we can have a connection with our children and that they are helping us to heal and to move forward on this journey
0: with your um, organization I've been to it a few times and I don't even know how long I've known you so I can't even think to go back how long but it's been it's been nice knowing you and meeting the other parents like you said it's not a group we want to belong to but it is a group that we do belong to because that was the path that was put in our lives um, and our, our children do come together when we are together you hold um, here in Phoenix you hold um, is it monthly meetings at a location here
1: Yes, we have meetings in Phoenix, but we have about five groups now. We have one in Scottsdale, one in Cave Creek, one in Peoria. Um, I also hold yoga for healing grief once a week. Um, and right now, um, we've been we've suspended all of the in-person meetings, and we're doing everything by Zoom. Okay. And it's that way throughout the country as well, because and throughout the world, we have groups here in the States, and then we have groups in Canada, in the UK, wow. in India, and in Australia and New Zealand. So all of those are being done by Zoom now, just because of everything that's happening, unfortunately.
0: So um, at these meetings, what takes place? So that if anyone really wants to be interested and don't have to like do a little research, you can give us some information on that right now.
1: Yes, that would be wonderful. I, the, the meetings are basically either we have speakers. Right now we have a lot of different wonderful speakers who are speaking almost every night on Helping Parents Heal on the main group. Or we have uh, affiliate group meetings where people meet on Zoom and they talk to each other about their kids. And our meetings are a little different from a lot of Lot of other bereavement groups because we don't focus on the way that our kids left this world we focus on the way that they lived and, and their personalities and what they like to do but more importantly the different signs that they're sending us now and so our group talks about the cardinal that flew through our yard <laughs> as we're talking about our child or the hummingbird or the license plate that says something significant with exactly the same numbers as the birthday of our child. Or um, there, there are so many different ways that our kids communicate with us. Or, for instance, electricity in the house, lights turning on and off, or things happening with the water circulation in the house as well. And all of these things are, um, are a lot of fun to track. And so at the meetings, we talk about these signs and synchronicities that we call them. I just got butterflies
0: in my stomach when you talk about all these different signs because truly we have our down days like anybody else does. And just to have that sign or look for those signs or listen to those little whispers, I call them, um, it it, it makes it a little bit easier for whatever is going on in our life at that moment. Would you agree?
1: Oh, definitely. And another thing that we always do in our meetings, and I'm sure that you've come to some of these meetings, is um, have really, um, really wonderful evidential mediums who come to do gallery readings for parents. And I never even knew what a medium was before Morgan passed. I had no idea. I had no interest in it whatsoever. I wasn't, that wasn't something that even was on my radar. But now, being able to hear these messages from all of these kids during the meetings is just amazing. So um, we do that as well during our meetings, and it sounds a little strange probably for people who have never experienced it, but for parents who are getting those messages, it just means the world to them. And actually, when you do get a message, it can all of a sudden propel you forward on your journey. To the point that you can even be healed just from knowing that your child is okay, that they're happy, healthy, and whole, which all of our kids are, every single one of them. No matter how they passed, no matter how they lived, they are all happy, healthy, and whole.
0: I agree with you. You've said it a few times on how they lived. It's not how they died, it's how they lived, as we're going to have that same thing when our days are are marked for us to pass, too, but it sounds more lifelike to say so, how did your child live and you always, I'm a stickler of this one as you know and anyone else's always say your loved one's name because just because no one knew who they were that person is always a part of your life even after they're gone so um, yeah, I I agree with that.
1: Um, That's a huge part of uh, helping parents heal as well, Um, just being able to have the tributes on the um, Facebook page every day so we celebrate their birthdays and their angel dates because unfortunately, even the family members that we care so much about, they don't want to say their names and they don't want to talk about them. And when these really significant days come around for us, we need to have support. And for me, I feel like the kids really want to be remembered. I feel like this, this is something that I do for them even more than for the parents. Just posting about them on those significant days is just a very important thing. So you're right. I agree with you.
0: And you're right. I want to cor- uh, You indirectly corrected me, and I want to say thank you, that there is a time frame, especially in the very beginning, where we've lost a child or a loved one. We we have a hard time saying their name because it hurts so much because they're not here but that is what this group does is allows you to come here and you have the me too factor of I'm here, me too, this happened. Not the same exact story but we all have the same the same uh, grief Um, and so after a while it's one of those then you can feel proud and good and happy about saying that child's name especially when you get a medium at one of your meetings that And I've been to them, and I have been one in the very beginning. That's how I know where I'm going is on the right track. When I've heard the description of my child, and then you hear something that you go, wait, that's my child that's talking through that person. Wait, let me hear more. And it makes you feel so much better and gives me butterflies. And it gives me butterflies that if I'm not that person, but I hear someone else or other parents that are in in your meeting that hear, and you see the joy in their face and the tears that flow are both, you know, sadness and joy at the same time, but it's a confirmation of them knowing that their, their child is there. No matter whether you see them or feel them, they are definitely letting you know that they're there. Um,
1: yes, you're right. And a message for one person is a, a message for all of us. It, it just proves the fact that our kids are still connected to us. They're mm-hmm. still right here. They're all happy, mm-hmm. healthy, and whole. And, and I think that one of the things that parents that holds parents back from healing is that they're worried that their kids are in a scary place or in limbo or just not knowing every single child is in the exact same place and they're working together and as a matter of fact when they are able to connect with us they kind of help each other to do that and when they do and when they get a smile from us they high five each other
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know you had mentioned all the different things the one thing I, I know that I have in the beginning and not so much more because I live in and as everyone knows you, you share the story of Morgan, I, I share the story of my daughter and I share the story of my sister who passed away five years later but you don't want your child to be forgotten either and that is the biggest I think of them all is we don't want them to be forgotten because they're important to us and, they, and people who don't know us learn who our children are through the way that we, we conduct our lives and how we speak of them, right?
1: Exactly. And Nicole is so proud of you doing what you're doing. And I, I mean, this is another thing. Um, the kids are like dads in a, um, a maternity ward where all the kids have just been born, little babies in their bassinets. And the dads are are pointing through the the window saying that's That's my my kid (laughs) and they're doing the same thing saying that's my mom that's my dad and they're so proud of us so um whatever we can do to help others i think along the way is something that again helps us but it also makes them very proud
0: i think one of the greatest things about the organization that you have is i've met some wonderful parents who have moved forward with their journey um, to do what they felt will help and serve other people and we could go on and on about the names of the individuals but if I start saying them, that I forget somebody I don't want to get in trouble because I forgot (laughs) somebody so in any one of those people that hear this podcast you know who you are for sure on how I've met you and how you make a difference in our community and how you make a difference with being a part of um, helping parents heal Real quickly, how many members are a part of uh, Helping Parents Heal, and how long has it been in existence?
1: We just passed 14,000 members on Facebook, although there are a lot of people who are not on Facebook. Facebook is not everybody's favorite way of communicating. So the the in-person affiliate groups don't necessarily, you don't have to belong to Facebook. But we um, we have, um, let's see, 100... We have about 120 affiliate groups now. And as I say, we were located in the U.S., in Canada, in the U.K., in India, and in uh, Australia and New Zealand. That's amazing. And um, we have uh, both affiliate groups and we have caring listeners. And caring listeners uh, are, are parents who have moved just a little bit further along the way. And they... Um, They give their phone numbers and their email addresses and spend time on the phone helping people who uh, need help. Just parents just like us who do that, which is wonderful.
0: If someone would want to reach out to you,
1: would you be available? Always. Um, My my number is on the website. I, I give my card out with my number, and I spend a lot of time every day speaking on the phone to parents, and I love doing that.
0: What's the website address?
1: It's www.HelpingParentsHeal.org, which is just the name of the organization, .org. And and then we also have an Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel, which is also Helping Parents Heal. The Instagram is Helping Parents Heal. We have the Facebook. Um, There are many different affiliate groups on the Facebook um, site, so... We have the main one, which has all of our speakers listed, and then we have individual affiliate groups throughout the country. How can
0: someone Um, become an affiliate?
1: Oh, good question. Well, you know, it's interesting because some of the other bereavement groups think that you have to wait for 18 months before you are ready to become an affiliate leader. We believe that the most important thing is that you feel that you are on the path to healing and that you can help others uh, heal as well. And so um, normally, uh, in in terms of becoming an affiliate leader, we have an, an incredible affiliate director who's in San Diego, and she does interviews with different parents who are interested in doing so. Sometimes, you know, uh, we can possibly need to wait just a few months or something like that and get things straightened out. But I, it's very rare. I, I don't think that we've ever really heard of an instance where people aren't ready, if they feel that they're ready, to be affiliate leaders. And they've been wonderful.
0: So I'm going to assume this is where they would reach out on your website to be able to inquire about being an affiliate, correct?
1: Definitely. Okay. There's, um, there's information about Dawn on the website, so where the groups are listed. There's information about how to get in touch with Dawn as well as Mary Burton, who is our affiliate director in Madison, Wisconsin as well. But she's for the Zoom part. So Okay. I
0: yeah, grew up in Madison, Wisconsin as a child, so I know where that's Oh, goes.
1: how wonderful. Yeah. I guess it's beautiful there from what I understand. Yeah.
0: Um, and the last question I love to ask everyone is, what message would you like to leave our listeners based on your life journey or just life in general to help anyone get through Um, a tough time with the passing of a child.
1: Well, I think that it's important to understand that no life is going to be without hardship. Exactly what you were saying. And I think that these things that we go through make us so much stronger. And for me, I feel that Chelsea and Morgan are with me every step of the way, holding my hand, Morgan is my biggest cheerleader. He was a cheerleader at the University of Arizona. He still is my biggest cheerleader. And one of the things that I constantly think about is not only being able to see Morgan and Chelsea when I transition, but being able to see all of these kids and hugging them because I know all of them. Yes. And um, the, the important thing for us to realize is that our kids are home. And we're still in school, and we are here to make a difference. I like that. So whatever we can do while we're here is important for us. I like what you just said. It's Every day is a lesson, right?
0: And we're learning yeah. something. There's not one day we're going to know every answer. Even we, though we keep asking, hey, I just want to know. Well, we got to go through the steps. So I, I like that. You said that's pretty powerful. Thank you.
1: Oh, gosh. It's actually, it was said to me Uh by one of my very close friend's wives in the very start of this journey. He is the co-founder of Helping Parents Heal, Mark Ireland. And Susie told me, our kids are home and Mm -hmm. we're still in school. And I like saying that whenever we have a meeting because it is something that's so powerful.
0: And I know who they are. I don't think I physically met them, but I do follow them. I do know who they are. So I think they're an incredible couple, like you are, an incredible individual, oh, okay. and so are all the parents that are in this group. And like we said in the beginning, it's not a group we want everyone to we want people to belong to, but it is one that is there should anyone need your your help or and you know they meet you factor with another parent they come along.
1: Thank you again, Elizabeth. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. This was wonderful. And it's always wonderful to talk to you, Christine.
0: And it's a blessing to know you as well. Thank you again for being my guest and sharing your story to help, to heal, to inspire, and of course, to give hope. To my listeners, I thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you are notified about the next great story because these just keep getting better and better. And if you'd like to share your story or know someone who wants to share their story or you want to be anonymous, you don't always have to have your name attached to your story, but your story is important. Please email me to the address of Christine with the ch. And storiesofhope.com stories with a Y and if you want to be a sponsor again, email me to the address of Christine at storiesofhope.com and until next time everyone, I wish you well and you take care